This is UCD Business Impact, the new podcast series from UCD College of Business, Ireland's leading business school. And each week, we will be joined by world-renowned academics from across the College of Business, as well as industry leaders, to discuss the most compelling business issues facing Ireland and the world. Our experts each week will offer insight, spark curiosity, and challenge you to rethink how you do business in a changing world. I'm your host, Emmett Oliver, financial editor and journalist, and lecturer at UCD College of Business. Now, since we started this podcast earlier this year, we've had all sorts of people on the program. A lot of them are BCom and UCD graduates, a lot of them working, of course. Yes, I will admit we've had our share of accountants and a few managerial people and some healthcare economists. We've had a, a bit of an assortment, but we've generally had a, a common theme that we've been looking at how the, the business world has been upended, really, by the COVID-19 pandemic. But what we want to look at is be a bit broader, span out a little bit further and look at some other sectors that have been affected, but also look what they might look like coming from, say, six months or a year out. What could these sectors look like? And none more so than the arts world, particularly the theatre world and music world, live performance generally. And my guest on today's podcast is imbued in his family, goes down generations, and he knows all about the world I've just described and that is the executive director of the Drew Theatre, Fergal Hines, who is a UCD BCom graduate and still very active in the college and has done a lot of projects with us here at the school. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, Fergal. No problem at all. Thanks for having me, Emmett. And Fergal, the reason I want to talk to you today is really a very fast-moving um, outside context with COVID. You've had an amazing experience in the last few days of your first live audience, which is something we'll, we'll talk about in a few minutes. But let's just do the first brief rewind and... How did this whole event strike you guys and the company back in March when it first came in? And then we'll talk as we go along through this conversation, how you've kind of dug yourselves out of that hole and brought live audiences back in front of what you do. Yeah, I suppose we were no different to anybody else. March 13th, um, our, our world was turned upside down. We had closed the show, the Cherry Orchard, uh, checkups at Cherry Orchard by Tom Murphy in the... Black Box Theatre in Galway the week, the Saturday before. Um, so we were lucky to get that, that show closed. But yeah, everything we knew and we thought we knew had changed after the 13th. And I suppose like everybody else, we thought this was going to be a, a matter of weeks. We thought it was going to be a matter of months. And then as it went on, we said, look, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to think about this long term and we're going to um, have to, um, I suppose we went from, uh, postponing shows um, till later on in the year, and then figuring out as as it went along that 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 wasn't going to be a reality. That we weren't going to be in theatres for the foreseeable future, um, and we've had to, I suppose, unwind what we had originally planned, and we had to plan a whole new program. So it was um, a very very strange six months, very difficult six months. The backbone of our industry is a freelance community, so. Um, first and foremost, it was about supporting the industry and supporting that community to make sure that they were on the PUP uh, payment and 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 how we kind of protect the industry to uh, throughout what is an absolutely devastating experience. Because our artistic director Gary Hines said previously that it was almost like the COVID nineteen was created to hurt the theatre industry and to live events because the very nature of them, they are infectious. It's all about coming together in small spaces. It's all about the experience. So it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a, I suppose, an awful blow, but no more than everybody else. 
And everyone has, has been scratching around for formats or, or formulas that work to get live performance in front of people, whether it's live streaming or socially distant crowds, getting the performers themselves to go in front of audiences, move, you know, the performers move to the audience and so on. You being obviously putting things up on the drawing board and seeing what's worked, um, you've finally got a live audience. So can you just work, work me through or talk me through how you kind of happened upon the formula that would suit you guys the best? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've, I think we've done what a lot of people, have, a lot of other people have done, which is we've tried as many formats as we can. And, and I think it's probably going to be um, a suite of different experiences which we're going to have to live with for the, for the foreseeable. So, for example, you know, one of the first things we did was our own internal development programs, the Marine Mullen Bursary, the Fuel, the Druid Debuts. We've doubled, I suppose, our investment in, in those and we have just made sure that people are still, that there's still funding and opportunities available. Um, we moved some of our older performances to Druid Sing Cycle, including the Play by the Western World. We They were all professionally filmed and recorded and uh, firstly actually for Leaving Cert because the play by the Western World was on the Leaving Cert we moved those online uh, but there was a huge take up uh, of them in lockdown and they've been viewed in over 50 countries and we moved our Drew debut series online and we had we had ticket sales and 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 viewing viewers maybe about four or five times the number of people that would normally view it so we had those experiences on the online the virtual world but we knew deep down and we knew from speaking to the actors and to the audience that really live we're here to provide live theater and live entertainment so um that was never going to be a, a long-term solution so we put together, um, we had been working along Segoa 2020, the European City of Culture, um, on a project where, uh, which was probably very anti-COVID. It was about going back to the old halls of Galway and, and, and packing people in and doing one-act plays uh, in a fit-up way in which they were used to be done. Used to be done. Um, and that wasn't going to work. So we changed the project and looked to focus on Lady Gregory, who is an extraordinary character. And we have uh, put together, I suppose, outdoor performances based on five of her plays and one of Tom Murphy's plays on the outside to be staged in 15 locations across Galway. And the first of those, thankfully, was Cool Park. Um, and that we had our first live audience last night. So it was uh, so from 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 Saturday to March, March the 7th to last night, it feels like an incredibly long time but we're kind of very grateful and I think thankfully our audience were very grateful and relieved and enjoyed being back um, safely um, and social distancing um, mingling and enjoying a performance last night so it was, uh, it was just for our listeners Fergal walk us through how you manage that physically in terms of spacing um, sanitizer the lot how does it look from an audience point of view yeah, I mean, from the from another point of view, first of all, we we along with lots of other companies planned outdoor performances because the all the guidance from the WHO and everyone else had said, you know, that was seemed like the safest piece to do. As I joked last week, someone that we weren't doing it for a goal weather in September or October, um, so it it came down to the wire on Tuesday because audiences outside or social gather or gatherings outside had moved to fifteen people. Um, so thankfully, we we got the go ahead. 
with the new um, regulations from government on Tuesday. Um, but the experience in Cool Park is uh, five of, of Lady Gregory's plays staged in five different parts of the park. And essentially, everybody comes in and they have, they're given a mask, there's hand sanitizers, uh, there's markings all around the park about around social distancing. Um, everybody is called on the day to ensure that they don't have any symptoms and they're feeling okay. Um, when they get to each of the stages, uh, four out of the five stages have seating, which is all done two meters apart, social distance. The, the way they come into the park and come out of the park. So every part of the experience has been, I suppose, designed for the times that we're living in. Even the performances themselves, um, there's social distancing on the stage. Um, so it's, it's uh, thankfully, you know, the place can be adapted to do that. And thankfully, you know, we had some time, I suppose, during COVID to be able to craft a plan. Um, but so far, thankfully, it's, it's, it's worked very well. And, and the audience reaction has been, has been good. The experience is still good. And Fergal, you're, you're somebody that keeps an eye on beyond just the theatre scene. Do you think that adaptation you're talking about, do you think other parts of the arts can take that model and, and use it? The, the, the physical performance and the way you've just described people in being different parts of a certain area. I mean, is that, could that be rolled out in music or other, other live performance? I think we have to find a way to create over the next six months. I mean, we, we, um, I feel like we turned over a leaf on September 1st that, that we could, that we could no longer continue to look back at the last six months and think about what we, are not able to do anymore and look at the next six months and think about what we are able to do. There's a way to adapt everything. It may not be comparable, but it may be better than nothing. Um, I, think the, I think the experience is still good. I think we can, do, um, we can do entertainment, we can do the arts, we can do sport in a safe way. And that's what, that's what we have to be focusing on. So I think pretty much all you know, of the genres and everything else can be adapted. We just have to embrace the fact that it is happening rather than um, comparing that as maybe to an experience that we may have had eight or nine months ago. Now, one of the things I was looking at over recent months, never mind the pandemic, the weather in Galway has been atrocious. Now, never the twain, I suppose you could say, but I mean, you had so many storms. It really militated against Galway 2020. There was, there was incredible scenes on the news, a lot of evenings with all sorts of inclement weather over there. I mean, you seem to have absolutely no look. I mean, is that, is that the way you saw it from, from when it all happened? Yeah, I mean, we, we've been lucky enough. We actually, um, funny, one of our performances in March was cancelled because there was, a, there was a storm coming in. And uh, it's funny, at that time, it's the biggest thing in the world. And little did we know the storm coming about 10 days later it was going to be all the worst. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Galway is, is never going to be uh, particularly helpful on the weather front. But again, we just have to plan on. I, we have a very hardy audience. Um, I, I, we, we did um, outdoor performances of Waiting for God on Inish Man, um, Cage of Fields and Old Military Road in Wicklow a couple of years ago in, at the first week of August, thinking that this is going to be very, very straightforward and it lashed rain uh, through <laughs> the performances. I think, it, I think it, once the show call came and, and the show was going ahead, I think it, it strategically nearly started to lash rain during the performance only. Uh, but, but no, people are, 
people are up for it and they are they're, they're kind of glad to get out and about and and, um, and enjoy the performance so hopefully fingers crossed the weather seems okay for the rest of the week and uh, in cool park and hopefully as we move on from there that we'll uh, it'll be good to us now, as I said in the introduction, you're a, a BCom graduate. You've you've always liked the mix and the intersection of business and the arts and theatre and business, and, and you've managed to kind of pull those two things together. I know you've had a, a very ambitious programme. I mean, one of the big things of Druid, of course, was its international connections, putting on a lot of productions over in the States. You've got good contacts there, and, and there's a real audience there. How tough was that to lose, that sort of arm of your business over recent months? Yeah, I mean, very difficult. I mean, the, the, the basics of our business is that um, two thirds of our income comes from box office, philanthropy, corporate support and other income. Um, and that's essentially falling through the floor. We don't see box office recovering in a way in which, you know, in a substantial way um, for the foreseeable future. Thankfully, philanthropy and corporate support has, has, has somewhat recovered, uh, but not where it, where it was before. Um, so from a uh, organizational point of view, being able to tour internationally is incredibly important. I mean, we're, I'm used to being in New York maybe five times a year, whether it's whether it's for fundraising or performance or for future production, and that that's just gone now. Um, so I think our focus is on is on Ireland. Our focus is on Galway in particular for the next couple of weeks, um, and when it's safe to do so, and when 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 other uh, festivals and venues are ready we'll be ready to go back and and we look to what we can do to keep the connection um but yeah it, it's a it's a strange um situation that that you the, the years and years that you'd be planning ahead and all of a sudden then there's just a, a press pause on the whole experience and fergal you're, you're primarily a touring company what what do you say or, or what would your view be of stationary companies that have a physical theater to fill every evening I mean, how do you, without kind of going into names of particular places, how do you see things going for them in the next, say, year? Is there a different set of challenges that don't, don't quite present themselves to you? Yeah, there, there is. I mean, there is a need. There, there is an expectation. We, we produce work around 90% of the year. So from a, from a, a production company point of view, we would be very active and we would be, we work 12 months of the year. But there isn't a need for us to, to have something in our theatre in Galway, um, you know, every every night of the year or, or there thereabouts. Um, so so this, it's a little bit different. It is very, very difficult. I mean, the static nature of a theatre is very difficult. If we can adapt to go to Cool Park or Ballygloonan Station or Kylemore Abbey, um, it's 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 more difficult. I think on the on the at the same time um, I was reading Rufus Norris, the Artistic Director of National Theatre in The Guardian a few weeks ago, and he talked about the social contract between the audience and the and companies. I think we have to still find a way to produce theatre. I don't think it's it's uh, I don't think we can wait for for people to be able to come back into theatres. I think theatres have to come to people and have to find innovative ways to be able to to kind of um bring work to their audience. There is, I suppose, there is a sense over the last six months that um, the extended government investment has been about steadying the ship. I, I think we have to try and see how we can set sail now in at whatever pace, in whatever way we can. But from everything from the very reason for our existence and most theatre companies is to produce live theatre. So if we can find a safe way to do that, we must do that.
And just give our, our audience an idea, we can be a little bit blithe about these things saying, let's just live stream, <coughs> let, let's just put it on a, a digital platform. But it's, there's huge cost involved and the equipment and the technology needed is, is really high end. So it's not quite as easy as saying, let's just live stream a, a dramatic production. Can, can you just talk to us a little bit about how that is a challenging area? Yeah, it's very challenging. I mean, the, the biggest problem from our perspective is that the experience is not as good. Um, so no matter what type of investment you put in, it, it, it like in our opinion, and, and others have done brilliant things um, virtually, um, we're alive um theater company it 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 just doesn't compare uh, but yeah I, I, i'm thinking about you know universities at the moment as well and thinking that the the lack of the, the difference of the experience of college life and yet it's going to take an extraordinary investment to be able to have the technology up to delivering lectures in a flawless way we're in a similar position a lot of this technology probably isn't mainstream it had been developed it had been developing, it's going to develop at a whole different pace. There have been major successes of it. Um, I mean, Hamilton, the most noteworthy, has, has gone on to Disney Plus in a, in a live uh, stream. Um, and you've had some examples in the UK. We, this year, interestingly, we did the first live event cinema um, theatre event um, on March the 5th and it was a major I suppose a major investment and a major step forward so we um, we live streamed uh, Chekhov's Cherry Orchard to cinemas um, all around the world um, on March the 5th and there was a whole program of events everywhere from we had between 50 and 100 cinemas in North America um, we were looking to go out to Mumbai in India Sao Paulo in Brazil Abu Dhabi Moscow Russia so they unfortunately are on ice at the moment and I, we hope that they'll be able to happen. Thankfully, um, the film is in the can and we have an opportunity to go out to them. But, but yeah, it took, um, I mean, between this, the start of talking about that project, it's probably two to three years and it probably took six months of solid planning. Um, it took two major outside broadcasting trucks to come in. Um, it, it, it's a huge undertaking. And um, so, so therefore, I suppose to get something, yes, that cinematic quality, but to get something of the quality in which you want to give to your audience, it's, it's a huge undertaking. I know this is not going down to Power City and buying two uh, mini cams and a microphone. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Yeah. Um, and, and people rightly demand top quality. They demand the kind of thing they see, as, as you've just said, on Disney or on Netflix. They're really high-end production value. So that's the world you're in, right? That's, that's the kind of stuff they, they, they expect to come from a company like Druid. Can I talk a little bit about the business side of things? You've got a background in that area. You were talking a little bit about the business model. You had some international revenues. You had some local revenues. I don't know all your sources. But is there anything that you can do in the next few months to just kind of smooth things out there or, or bolster, come up with new revenue streams that might not be in your normal kind of kit bag? Is, is there something new that can help you kind of nurse your way through into the new year and then into hopefully a year where we might see a vaccine, etc., cetera, in, in 2021? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any silver bullet, unfortunately. I think we have to um, continue to produce theatre and continue to do what we're here to do in, in whatever form, at whatever scale that we can do. We said from the outset that the decisions you make during a crisis represent the organisation that you want to be after it. Um, so 
we have to maintain our values that uh, we have to be very careful on cost cutting. We have to be very careful that, that, you know, we're, we're providing for and supporting our regular partners in how we do things. Um, I'm not sure anybody has cracked the online um, revenue models yet. There have been some success stories, uh, but maybe not consistently more one-offs. Um, I, th I think, you know, government support has been very strong. They, um, they they have provided extra funding for the Arts Council. The camaraderie and the support between National Campaign for the Arts, the Arts Council, Theatre Forum has been very, very good in, in, I suppose, getting money to artists in the way that they needed to be able to create the work. And as I said, the past six months, probably, that funding has been focused on steadying the ship of organisations who are in trouble. Uh, the next six months needs to be on creating work for audiences because never mind what the theatre's remit is to do it, I think audiences need it. I mean, you can see that sports and live events coming back and it's not going to be the same, but but it is to return to some level of normality. So uh, it, it's going to be a strange time um, for over the next couple of months, but but if the, uh, if, if the restrictions can be broken up by um, some excitement um, on the stage or off the stage or on the pitch, uh, I think that's hugely important. Virgil, in terms of, uh, I won't uh, stray into what your, your Aunt Gary's area is, which is the actual productions that go on the stage, but what kind of audience demand do you think there's going to be? I mean, I was in, in a local bookshop myself a few months ago and the bookseller was telling me the kind of books that are being sold are completely different to what was sold this time last year. I mean, you've got people are very interested in reading things that reflect their time and, and the milieu they're in, you know, whether it's Albert Camus, The Plague or whatever, these books are jumping off the shelf. So have you guys had to kind of look at the kind of productions you're putting on to tap into the mood of our time or is it something you actually look for completely escapist kind of productions? So, so how do you decide what you're going to go with? Yeah, so we, we wouldn't necessarily change from a thematic point of view, um, we wouldn't adjust to the time because, I mean, there's politics and everything, but we're not necessarily a political theatre. We're not totally reacting to whatever the political situation is. There are lots of companies that do that very well, but we're, we're a text-based, um, loyal-to-the-script company, so a lot of the stuff has been written many years before, including Lady Gregory plays. I mean, what did happen is we, we probably learned more about Lady Gregory, for example, being able to read... Um, more during the lockdown. So that's been a great opportunity. So, you know, I mean, she's an absolutely extraordinary character. We talk about soft power in Ireland. She, she was hosted by two presidents of America before we even had the foundation of the Department of Foreign Affairs. Okay. After President Roosevelt. So you find out these things and, and kind of on our doorstep with Cool Park. So that's been, that's been wonderful. But I think overall, from a program point of view, we need to create the work that fits um, the situation we're in. So uh, we have a commission at the moment um, for later on in the year. It will be a comedy. Uh, it will be a little bit more lighthearted. It will be 50 minutes. It will be performed two times a night. We're, we have to find a program that adapts to the situation we're in. In the most part, we can't just um, try to repurpose maybe a show that we would usually do because it just doesn't work in the situation we're in. So we have to just be solution-focused and solution-orientated to be able to, to meet that demand. From an overall demand point of view, the demand is extraordinary. I mean, the... Um, our tour, um, our tour, the, the piece in Cool Park would have sold out in about 10 minutes. Um, wow. And uh, it's, people are really, really looking for something to do. There's been a demand around this Drew Gregory tour that, that 
we haven't experienced before. Um, so, so the appetite is certainly there um, and hopefully we'll be able to kind of provide um, theatre ongoing for the next couple of months to be able to satisfy some of that. And that audience that you're, you're, you're hitting, is, is it people that you've always had a relationship with or are you bringing new people in who are, as you say, maybe just bored at home who are looking for something else? Is, there, is that a significant part of who you're touching upon? Yeah, I think, I think it's a mix. I think definitely they're all regulars. I mean, we met a lot of them last night and the last time we'd seen them was maybe the Cherry Orchard six months ago. So that's, that's their experience. They go to everything. Um, we're also hitting a different audience alongside this programme. So we do 15 venues across um, Galway and we will also have a primary school and secondary school program so we're developing hopefully a whole new audience alongside uh, alongside that as well and the very nature of going into the communities I mean as an organization we passionately believe that people have the right to first class theatre in their own community and not having to travel to big cities for it so the very nature of going into Glenamady, Lockray, Portumna, Balmaslow, Clifton is is hopefully going to create a level of excitement that people will be able to try these plays um, and, and, and hopefully it might whet the appetite for for future shows. And Fergal, you have a background in the Students' Union where everyone, everyone who seems to ever got into arts and the entertainment seems to have um, arisen from. Um, looking at, you see, what I'm trying to say is you're familiar with all sorts of different live performances. What's your, let's just tap into to your own perspective on this. How do you see other areas outside your own um, area of kind of live theatre production? What do you see happening in areas like, say, music, uh, music festivals, festivals more generally? I mean, what, what, what do you think is going to happen in those spaces? Yeah, it's 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 going to be extraordinarily hard. I mean, the event we work with event industry professionals are part of our freelance community. Uh, the not-for-profit sector has been supported uh, pretty well by government, and hopefully will be in the, in the forthcoming budget. The live event sector, commercial live event sector, the outlook is incredibly challenging. I mean, it, it's um, they've done a lot of campaigns lately about the level of employment and the level of impact that that festivals like the electric picnics and St. Patrick's Day and everything uh, provides. Uh, but everybody, I think it's sometimes um, there's an iceberg sense in entertainment. Um, so the bit that you see, the bit that you don't see is often far, far bigger than what you do see. So behind the stage, it's far, far bigger. So if you think back to a, a festival, you've got everyone from a site manager, you've got health and safety, you've got technicians, you've got crew, you've got electricians, lighting, and then you've got the people that are providing the PAs, providing the gates, providing the tracks. Um, it's just extraordinary. And, and the problem is that that's just been, it's been wiped out. Um, so we need to find a way, I suppose. We have got some of the best event industry professionals in the world in Ireland. There are people that are brought all around the world to advise on major events and concerts and, and tournaments. And we just have to be very, very careful that we can support that industry to such an effect that, that they're there and ready to go when it's safe to do this again. Um, so that's going to be very, very difficult. But they... I mean, some of, some of the pictures of Broadway, the West End, just literally shuttered down are, are extraordinary. I mean, these are top of the tree in, in their own arena. I mean, it's, um, it is sobering, isn't it? It, it is. I mean, it, it, my own sense is that, that there, there are a lot of questions about the future in New York. I've no doubt with the future in New York that it'll be absolutely fine. Um, but what is clear is that 
New York probably won't function again until Broadway functions again, which is currently at a minimum is, is January 21. And, and I suppose that probably shows the centrality of the arts and theatre that, that we would have felt before, uh, but not, maybe not everyone. And um, it, it's, yes, the lifeblood of, of many cities. And um, we, I don't think there's, I think it's, there are all sorts of innovative ways where the main, um, the, the big shows are trying to continue to communicate with their audience and continue to provide something, but it'll be uh, it'll be a while before that uh, vehicle is back up and going again, unfortunately. And when you take your your recent success, the live audience really signature achievement over that part of the, of the west of Ireland to get that done. Where, where do you go next after that um, run is gone? Well, what, what kind of things would you be looking at doing over the winter time if you if you can tell us and uh, give us a bit of an yeah. exclusive? Yeah, there's 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 there. As I said, we will produce another show um, this year. So we'll we we're on this tour now for the next four to five weeks um, around Galway, and then we will take a show that hopefully will go to uh, Dublin, Limerick, Cork, Galway, um, and further afield if possible. And and again, this is a. Everybody is testing at the moment. We think we're we're in the middle of preparing our next show, which is going to be which has been created and and put together for COVID times. All going well, that goes. That's going to inform goes well. That's going to inform what we do in 2021. Um, but we're trying to continue. I mean, we have to still be ambitious um, about what the program is. We have to still provide live theatre for our audiences. Uh, we have to still be able to put actors um, and, and all sorts of um, event industry professionals in work. Um, so we will be, I heard Michael Smurfett being described the other day as the ultimate tweaker. We will be, we will try to be the ultimate tweaker um, in order to be refining the model the whole time, to be able to find the solutions and find the find out what is the best experience and what most importantly is the safest experience um, going forward. So we, we'll be planning hopefully ambitiously for, for 2021 in whatever form we possibly can. All right, well listen, good luck with being Tweaker-in-Chief. Uh, Lady Gregory, who you've mentioned, was a, a theatre manager herself, so you're following in a, an illustrious line out in Galway. Well done on getting the live audience um, organised. It's great to see that's something it sounds like you can build on. And thanks for joining me on the podcast today. really got something out of it because it's an uplifting message at a difficult time. So thank you very much. Thanks very much.